Good morning for Monday, January 15th, 2018. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Romney is likely to seek Senate seat. Military quietly readies for a war it doesn't want. And Trump's remarks may sour DACA vote. In today's national headlines, mud and loss in California enclave of the rich and famous. A governor deep in scandal puts on the charm. And Trump escalates dispute with the Wall Street Journal. In today's business headlines, auto show rides high but a storm looms. Legacy, buying part of Bob Marley's song catalog. And Jumanji, welcome to the jungle, tops box office for a second week. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Charles M. Blow. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. This is the top story. Romney is likely to seek Senate seat. Reported from Salt Lake City by Jonathan Martin. A few days after Senator Orrin Hatch, a Republican from Utah, announced that he would conclude his tenure after serving 42 years in office, the state's governor, Gary Herbert, was growing anxious about whether Mitt Romney would run for the seat. Let's not be coy about this, Herbert said, he told a close Romney friend, Cam Gardner. If he's going to run, let's go. If not, we need to find somebody else to run, and there's people that have been trying to queue up for the opportunity. Last Saturday, Gardner called the governor and read from a text that Romney had offered. I'm running. The political resurrection of Romney appears unstoppable in a state where he was not raised and where he's not lived for most of his adult life. Romney, a Michigan-reared former Massachusetts governor who was successfully treated for prostate cancer last summer, is beloved here as the savior of the Salt Lake Winter Olympics and as Mormon royalty. But if Romney's Senate candidacy is inevitable, how exactly he would run and serve is less clear. His yet-to-be-declared candidacy is already highlighting the enduring fractures over President Trump in this heavily Mormon state, where voters have long been uneasy with Trump's conduct. At issue is whether Romney, the 2012 Republican presidential nominee, should be an overt check on the president or act as an ally and retain access to Trump the way Hatch has done. Trump won Utah but garnered only 45% of the vote. The state's largely conservative voters found his coarse language, treatment of women, and contempt for many immigrants and refugees to be anathema to a faith centered on rectitude and forged by exile. About 27% voted for Hillary Clinton and 21% voted for Evan McMullen, who ran as a conservative counter to Trump. Utahns saw Trump as a far cry from his predecessor from four years earlier. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox all but encouraged Romney to be a voice of opposition when needed. I think if he wants to be a check, it won't hurt him here like it has others, he said, noting the Republican lawmakers who have been politically damaged for their criticism of Trump, such as Senators Jeff Flake of Arizona and Bob Corker of Tennessee, both of whom are retiring. He could do it from day one and he'd be fine. Trump and Romney ferociously attacked each other in 2016. In a blistering speech in Salt Lake, Romney called his successor a phony, a fraud. Returning fire, Trump deemed Romney a choker who walks like a penguin. Trump telephoned Romney in recent days, and they had a pleasant conversation, according to two White House officials. But, they added, 
the president did not explicitly offer his support. Here's the second story on the front page. Military quietly readies for a war it doesn't want. Reported from Washington by the editors of the New York Times. Across the military, officers and troops are quietly preparing for a war they hope will not come. At Fort Bragg in North Carolina last month, a mix of 48 Apache gunships and Chinook cargo helicopters took off in an exercise that practiced moving troops and equipment under live artillery fire to assault targets. Two days later, in the skies above Nevada, 119 soldiers from the Army's 82nd Airborne Division parachuted out of C-17 military cargo planes under cover of darkness in an exercise that simulated a foreign invasion. Next month, at Army posts across the United States, more than a thousand reserve soldiers will practice how to set up so-called mobilization centers that move military forces overseas in a hurry. And beginning next month with the Winter Olympics in the South Korean town of Pyeongchang, the Pentagon plans to send more special operations troops to the Korean Peninsula. In the world of the American military, the moves are ostensibly part of standard Defense Department training and troop rotations. But the scope and timing of the exercises suggest a renewed focus on getting the country's military prepared for what could be on the horizon with North Korea. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis and General Joseph Dunford, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, both argue forcefully for using diplomacy to address Pyeongchang's nuclear ambitions. A war with North Korea, Mattis said in August, would be catastrophic. President Trump's own words have left senior military leaders and rank-and-file troops convinced that they need to accelerate their contingency planning. In perhaps the most incendiary...